The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Good evening and welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview Podcast, also known as the Adelaide Crows Geelong Cats Halftime Show uh, for our live listeners. Um... Uh, we'll be discussing tonight the Round 17 match against Fremantle. Uh, it'll be played on Sunday afternoon at Perth Stadium. I'm Portia, and joining me, someone that hasn't been on for a little while, and that's uh, Rick, back from his travels across the world. Rick, how are you? I'm good, and what about you? Yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Look, we've, uh, while you've been gone, we have been uh, making sure that the club stays on track. Mac has been tipping against us reasonably often, or tipping yeah. us by very low margins, so he's been doing his bit and... You know, uh, I think that we've, we've we've kept everything together in your absence. So uh, I hope you're happy with where we are right now. Yeah, well done. I am. I uh, I can't wait for the, uh, the the annual or the weekly question. I'll see if my responses change from last <laughs> time I was on the states. But uh, I'm sure the fans were happy that Macca came back as well. Yeah, oh, look, it's nice having Macca on. He does a bit more research than either of us. <laughs> he knows <laughs> oh, a bit. I... We're we're very intuitive people. We don't we don't need to do that research thing. We 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 just we observe and we can reflect and then digest and put it onto people that way. True, true. Now, uh, in your trip away, did you learn anything that you think might be of value to Port Adelaide? Did you come back with knowledge from the east or the northeast? Uh, well, I actually didn't get to many sporting games, to be honest, um, because. Oh. My partner is not a big sporting fan, and uh, we sort of missed it. I did go see the Toronto Raptors, and uh-huh. uh, and so what I've noticed there is it seems like the NBA, from the few games I did see, um, most a lot of the teams have a pre-scripted opening formula now. You know, they sort of you know they have the big big flag bearers that come out, and the same sort of light sequence just changes for the different team and. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it seems like you know they're all sort of following a similar sort of template. I'm sure the uh, the regular NBA followers will call me out on that one, but um, but that's all that's all I saw. But um, no, not really. I think you know Port Adelaide's in uh, in good hands, and uh, you know we're we're doing doing well on and off the field, and uh, onwards and upwards. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, we just had a criticism on Spreaker chat from Craig Jones saying about bloody time because we are running half an hour late than usual. But um, that's all right. You've watched half a game of football. The Crows are slightly in front at half time, so that probably means they'll lose. It's probably quite a good position for them to be in. And um, Craig, I did put on Port Fan Radio and Big Footy, eight thirty, not eight o'clock. I did forewarn <laughs> everybody, and the only reason is is because I had to, I just finished work at like quarter past eight. I did a I did a seminar for two hours, so uh, I'm into my third hour of continuous talking. I'm, I think I got about ten hours left in me before I tire out. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look, I guess um, I don't know. There's been, been a really big week in football. Has Sloan resigned? Has Sloan resigned for the Crows? There's nothing to do with us, but who cares? Well, apparently, apparently they signed him for four years. Yeah, they must be know. desperate, Porsche. Yeah. Well, Is it a four or five? I think actually, I think it might be five years, four million. That's a good question. Why? Why would you? Um, I, I guess that they maybe don't have a lot of options, or they just like I don't see why. He's, this is me. Like if that was a port player, I'd say why would you sign someone that age with that injury history for five years? Like that's just insane for any club. Um, so I don't know why they must have just felt they really needed him as a character person. Maybe they've got some clause in it where if he's no good after three years, they can sack him and make him a coach or something. I don't know. Um, but it's um, yeah, probably the, the most recent one we did was maybe who was younger was probably Hamish Hartlett for five years. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. They had they had the injuries and, you know, but I guess we were at that time too in the club where we were probably a little bit, let's say, desperate, you know, yeah, because things weren't going back. Now. I agree. And that's what I said. You know, at least, yeah. at least Hamish, you could justify it because Hamish was younger. But, you know, mm. Port Adelaide's theory is what? One-year contracts once you're over 30 for nearly anybody. So. Pretty much, yeah. So, well, yeah, it just smacks to me of a, a bit of desperation. And um, the other one is uh, Jared Pollock, you know, some rumours that yeah, he hasn't signed a contract and uh, he might be fielding other offers. What do you what do you think there? Uh, look, I don't know. It's really up to him. I, I, think he knows, I think that, if anything, he's probably gaming us because he knows he's a valuable cog in our side specifically. 
And the thing about outside players is that when you're an outside player and you've got a good engine room to feed you, you'd probably be fairly reluctant to go to one that doesn't work because they'll look bad and you'll look terrible because suddenly you're not getting the, the sort of support you had previously. Like they are dependent on guys like Ollie Wines and you know Tom Rockliffe and all that sort of stuff to a large large degree to look as good as they are right now. So I think I think he's probably just testing the market and trying to see how much he can get from Port. But so what do you yeah you know, with his on. injury history? Mm. What do you what do you think? He, and just don't mind me, I'm just getting out of the car. Um, what do you think he's What do you think he's worth contract wise in years? Do you think he would you be going no more than two because of his injury history and he might be trying to get a three- or four-year deal? For me, three would be the cap. Um, yeah, three. And that's because he's been... He's, look, he's been okay for a while now. He's in the same boat as Charlie Dixon and he misses a few games every year. Um, but that's okay if he's playing really well the rest of the time. And again, it's because he's in a needed position for us, you know. Um, we haven't really had anyone else step up as that sort of outside mid. And to be honest, we haven't really drafted that kind of role either um, for the most part. So I think that, yeah, I think he'll get a good deal, but I don't see him choosing to move to a shit club because I think it will make him look bad and because there won't be the same sort of support in midfield, I think he'll get beat, bashed around a bit more and that might reduce his uh, career length as well. So, um, yeah, I reckon you know, I mean, Some people thought that he might have been a um, one of those players which gets complacence on long-term contracts as well. It could be. Yeah, I don't know. He, to me, I sort of get that vibe. I'd probably be no. keen for a, uh, I think a two year, yeah, two year by two year. I'd, a two yeah. year. I mean, but I, yeah. but I guess I get it too that people want job security too, right? You know, they've got a short career, and uh, I'm just I'm tucking myself away in a room where I'm quiet. So um, yeah, so I get it. I, I guess it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'd be very shocked and surprised if he went. Yeah, look, me too. And he's playing his 100th game this week. So um, I guess from his display of emotion at the end of it, we might get an idea of what uh, what he thinks about that. Or maybe we won't. Who knows? Would you would you be sad if he left? Do you think he's a losable player or a retainable player? Uh, well, the only, reason, again, the only reason I don't think he's a losable player is because we don't have a replacement, you know? Hmm. Like, that's it. Like, we've added Steve Motlop, and that means we've finally got a contingent of outside mids. But you lose one, and then suddenly we're scrabbling for Jake Needs, you know, pretty much. Or trying yeah. to hope for, hope for a guy like um, a guy that's been named this week on the bench, an extended bench, sorry, Kane Farrell. You know, we're, we're, we're digging deep. You know, we have to go quite a long way down to hopefully get a player. So we don't have anyone even close to proven that can play his role as backup. Um, so could, I think. Could he help us work up the trade ladder? Well, no, because what would that achieve if you if you trade a player that you can't replace? Then you've still got to replace them. So how does that how does that help you? <laughs> you know? Because I I mean I agree I agree with you. I'm just asking questions that people throw out there, right? Because I mean, you draft a player, they're not going to be at Jared Polek's quality for what three years, even oh, if you got definitely. even if like even if we you know dra- let's say something stupid happened and we traded him and a, another player and a pick and got three and pick three and we could get, I don't know, that Rankin or Walsh or whoever people are theorising, you know, they're not going to be the same ilk of Jared for a few, multiple years, I'd imagine, and there'd still be a risk that they might not develop as well. Well, look, I mean, the thing with doing something like that is that, um, look, you'd say right now Rankin should be able to play AFL football next year. We don't know how much. But it's still a huge risk for a club to take when you're in your premiership window to trade an existing player just to get a really good rookie. Like that, that's that's a, that's really tough. That's why it doesn't happen that much. Uh, yeah, there, part of it is you know that people don't like trading a number one pick away because they don't like trading a number one pick away. But the other part is that established clubs that have got a settled list, they really got to be careful about which players they do trade out. Um, so for a team where we are, as far as our maturity and all that sort of stuff, like if we don't win the premiership this year, then we should. We would still think we'd be in the market for a premiership next year, yeah? So trading out Polek for any first-year rookie, it just seems contrary to that ambition. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think our list overall is in that unhealthy shape, like age demographics. I think we've got a reasonable spread. I mean... You and Macca would know better than me. Obviously, we—I'd probably like us to go to the draft and 
and get a few younger play, players to start, you know, developing that will be able to fill that breach in maybe a few years' time. But I think at the moment we're looking okay. Yeah, well, it's just that outside class area that we're kind of weak and obviously rucks. Those are the two areas for me that I would feel comfortable if we traded a bit of that in. Did you see the rumour that we were thinking about offering Lynch a contract? Uh, Is that Lynch? Lynch? No, 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 sorry, Lysa. Apologies. Oh, well, we'll see. I mean, West Coast have been trying to, or sort of, I imagine he's been trade bait for every year for the last five years. Um, you know, kind of like they did with, what was it, Mark Seaby that they traded to the Swans. They drafted him as like a backup ruckman, and he's been a backup ruckman, and now he's a backup ruckman. Um, I don't know, maybe we could go for him. There might be better options available. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. We will. How have I gone? I'm back. Have I already derailed your run sheet? <laughs> no, no. I don't, look, it's a bit thin on the ground, honestly. There's uh, okay. not, not a lot to really talk about in terms of Fremantle because they're just a shit side and they're a characteristically shit side. Uh, let's talk about them briefly, I guess, now, and we can get back to Rickness later. Well, did um, you hear about the Daniel Pierce news that he's going to get chopped at the end of the year, former Port Adelaide player? Oh, well, he's had a good long run, hasn't he? Good on him. How do, how do you rate his uh, career as a footballer? Well, considering I've watched hardly any Frio games after he left Port, it's hard for me to, to be exactly definitive, but at Port he was quite handy. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a bit of a whipping boy there for a while, though, wasn't he? Oh. Like, no, no, I think... He wasn't, he wasn't Nathan Loney-esque, but I think he, you know, because he was that outside sort of player, um, you know, he copped, it, he copped it every now and again, but I... I thought he was a great contributor for Port Adelaide. Obviously, he's not one of the all-time greats, but, you know, he did what he had to do and he, he made an impact and, you know, he won the rising star and, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, he's carved out a, uh, you know, a serviceable career. I don't know how many games he's ended up playing between the both clubs, but, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, okay, I mean, he's had a crack and he came from the rookie list and then we discovered he needed glasses and that was obviously a huge benefit to us. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't think he. I think he was an all right servant for the club, and there were times when he was exposed because we were very shallow on field, um, and that probably made him look worse than he might have been. Um, but you know, he's, he did all right. I've got no animosity towards him. I don't think anyone at the club does, quite frankly. Nah, um, nah. Hey, how's this for um, for poor form though? Do you? Uh, what do you think of Port Fan Radio hosts that actually call up five double A to talk to the? Uh, talk to their sports stars i think it's a little bit embarrassing that our brand gets devalued by that what do you think uh i think that's probably fine jonesy (laughs) i heard you on the radio you could you could have plugged you could have plugged the portress and port fan radio come on lift your game We've had a question from Jones on um, Craig Jones on Spreaker, <laughs> which is about whether we'd target Braden Price from um, North Melbourne. Um, yeah, I don't know much about him, quite honestly. So I, yeah, I don't know yeah. much either. But but I think he's that. I would prefer to target someone like that than say a Scott Lysett, because yeah. you know Lysett's going to cost us more money. And he's really going to want to be playing first-team football. And to be honest, unless we think Paddy Wright is gone at the end of this year because he won't be able to play anymore, um, how I don't know. Like, if, if, yeah. if Paddy Wright is gone, then, you know, that's no holds bards. We're trading all of our draft picks, as many as we have to, to get number one Ruckman. Like, that's a totally different trade scenario. Yeah. Um, Correct. Yeah. But, I mean, if we, but if he's staying on, I can't see the point of... And that sort of player from, what is his name, Proust or whatever, I think, you know, it's sort of like that Sinclair-type Ruckman, sort of that fringe Ruckman that's been okay, but, you know, they're going to accept their place on the pecking order that they're sort of a backup Ruck and pinch hit, and you never know, they might develop and be that next, uh, you know, serviceable number one Ruckman if uh, if there's a problem. But, yeah, I'd, I'd hate to be pushing for two Rucks because, I mean, what's it going to do? It's going to, it's going to force... Uh, you know, marshal out, or does it make Watts redundant, which then would be a silly trade? Um, you know, Westhoff isn't going to be going anywhere, and neither is Dixon, so I just can't see another, like, tall ruck forward position, really. Well, I understand your thinking. I'm still, look, un- until I see it fail for us, I'm still a fan of the three tall forward, three tall backman, two ruckman setup, but I understand that that's not everyone's cup of tea. 
Mm. Uh, mm. On the on the uh, on the starting twenty in the starting yeah, twenty two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've never seen a problem with that. But Westhoff complicates it, so that, that's really yeah, all it is. Like, if we the second Westhoff's out the door, whenever that is, like suddenly three three and two becomes extremely feasible. And this is this is what I was saying last week on Big Footy, and people were shit canning me for saying, "Oh, you just got it in for Westhoff," and I was like, "No, I don't." And this has probably been his best year out of all his years. Um, like, because effort, his effort every game has been fantastic, but he does throw our balance out, doesn't he? Um, well, no, because we're winning games and we're in the top four, so no. <laughs> but in general, if we take the past no, and not it, just he, this he, year's he snapshot. Takes us, he takes us away from being a having a traditionally structured side. Correct. Which is a benefit and it's a negative. And it's a benefit when he's in good form and we can make advantage of the fact he's hard to match up on. And it's a negative when he's in shit form and we're carrying someone that can't even do the basics of that secondary role we need. Um, Correct. So it, it, that's the thing. Like when you when you play West, Justin Westhoff in your side, you are hugely dependent on Justin Westhoff's form because number one, you don't have a replacement, and number two, he's taking the place of someone that could replace another player. So he's got to be in form in my mind. If he's not in form, you really you, you, you're in trouble. So it's is good that he's having a good is, year. Is this his best year for you? Um, yes. Yeah. Since the last contract year. Yes. Yeah. I feel like his intensity has been there every game this year, which I think in previous years you couldn't say that about Justin. You know, there'd be games where he just doesn't show up. He he, he looks like he's just chucking the one hand out with a sort of half-hearted t- tackle, and, and then the next week he'd be you know, tackling with 100% capacity. But this year I can see it just, to me, it looks like there's effort every single game. And like you said, that's really one of the key differences in Port Adelaide this year. Yeah, look, it definitely is. And, um, I mean, I guess he's at that age as well now. Like, he's one of those guys that you'd say would be pretty close to being on one-year contracts from now on. And you don't get many more chances to play in a grand final or finals at all, you know. Mm. Um, he, he, could, he could talk to Tom Rockliffe. Uh, and Tom's played in one final in a career that's already pretty long. Uh, you know, he's... It, it, so maybe... I guess senior players get that way sometimes. When they're late in their career, they suddenly go, okay, we've really got to get extremely serious. I'm just going to miss out. Uh, maybe there's a bit Correct. of that. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had another chip in from an Ashley from on Speaker Chat saying definitely target Bruce as backup and possibly Ruffhead from the Bulldogs. And Craig has also said that uh, he reckons Laddam's gone at the end of the year and Frampton will probably be gone too, uh, or next year. So... I don't disagree with that. If neither of them can get games, I agree. Um, it's quite likely that they will be gone. Um, yeah, I haven't gone through all the underage footage to see how good the Ruxodox are in the draft this year. I'm not sure that they're anything special, but uh, I guess we we'll, might be reliant on giving a couple of them a go. We'll find out. Well, well, Sam Hayes has gone for what until halfway through next year, so yeah, we know yeah. that we know that Sam Hayes isn't going to be, be playing quality, AFL. But yeah, he's going to be quality, there. but. It, He's not going to be playing AFL football in 2019. In 2019, yeah, in, he well, not at the start, not round one, probably no. No, nah. well, I'd be surprised probably if he plays at all. You know, coming back from a knee recon, and you know, he's probably got a lot of work to do. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Would you draft another Ruckman type player? I guess with the later pick, maybe. I'm not going to. Look, not having gone through and done all my study of all the underage players and all that stuff for the draft, I, I can't commit to that but right at this stage. I don't know. I don't know how good they are or what the options are. Lift, um, you, lift your game. You're supposed to be one of the draft podcast experts. <laughs> I've got What's my footage on? there. I just haven't sat down and gone through it all and written my spreadsheets up and whatever else. I haven't done, I haven't done the Macca thing yet. you still got four months, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll, I, let, we'll, let you, we'll let you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to... <laughs> have a clearer idea idea of Port's needs as well so I can sort of watch footage with an eye to that. Um, and our needs, like every finalist side, could be defined by how we win or lose the last game of the year. Um, mm. It's not uncommon that you say, okay, we got to a really good pressure game and this player shat the bed completely and utterly. They're out and we need to replace them. <laughs> it's not the first... It wouldn't be the first time that's happened. And even at Port, it's not the first time that's happened, so... That could be a good uh, a good podcast topic coming into the finals. Um, what? Who's going to shit the bed? Which port, which port <laughs> player will shit the bed in week one of finals? And which which port player will be a superstar? Lindsay Thomas will be a superstar. 
Yeah, Lindsay's been good. But we were supposed to be talking about Frio. Is there um do you do you think is there anything that can threaten us from Frio's perspective this week? Um, all right, look I'll go through them a little bit of stuff I put in the rundown. Um it'll only take a couple of minutes at most. Um so Frio this year they're six and nine, six wins, nine losses. All of their wins have come against bottom eight sides, Essendon, Gold Coast, Bulldogs, St Kilda, Adelaide and Carlton. Um they've only had one win away from home, and that was that was against Carlton. Uh, but we are playing in Perth. Uh, their best loss was against West Coast, and their average losing margin is 47 points, and that's the average losing margin. Um, this sh- should be a percentage builder. They should not be able to beat us if you go by their season today, and there's no reason to see think that things have turned around for them. Um, even now, they're, they're not looking great. They're missing players, like, you know, they're missing multiple players. Uh, I went through the stats, and there's nothing really to glean from that. They're just bog standard for a shitty side. So, for example, they're fourth in the league in marks, and the third fewest kicks, and the fourth most uncontested possession. And that kind of tells a tale, that saying that they just sort of piss about with the ball a bit and don't really do anything, because every other stat they have, all of the ones that really matter, um, they're just shit, 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 shit. They're all shit. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's the first bit of the Dockers. Uh, I guess we can talk about our selections now, Port Adelaide. Um, so, yeah, uh, this our selections, obviously it's a Sunday game, so we've got the extended bench. Uh, we've got Tom Jonas out with injury, and the ins are Jack Homsch, Carl Amon, Jared Lynott, who's in for potentially his first game, Sam Gray, and Kane Farrell in potentially for his first game. So um, that will be interesting to see who actually makes the cut. Neither of those two debutants potentially have been named on the uh, the field or on the uh, so they're in the extended interchange and it's questionable as to who or if either of them will get a go um, yeah there's names at the in- I've had a guess the interchange for me I think will probably be Lynott Watts Thomas and Sam Gray coming back I think Johnson will get dropped and I think that might mean Trent goes out as well Um well, he's re- listed for the Maggies. Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Uh, and the reason for that is just that Freo have got about four guys about 190 centimetres in their forward line, uh, named this week. Um, so you've got to be able to, you know, you just be able to match vaguely like for like. That's a bit above Trengo's pay grade with Jonas out. Um, so I reckon, yeah, that's probably, we'll be, we'll probably will see Lena in. I don't know that we'll see Farrell in uh, if Sam Gray's fit. Yeah, I'm sort of leaning your way, unless they choose. And I mean, I'd be lo- I'd be reluctant to bring in two debutants, even if it is against Frio and Frio. I mean, Good you don't you want to? St- well, I guess it could be, but you know, there's been a few supporters that have been pushing Farrell for a while to, to come into the side. I, I really don't know too much about him, to be honest. But um, yeah, well, I know Homsch has been listed on the starting 18, so he's definitely going to be in. Would you have picked? Would you have picked Hompsch this week? I haven't been that impressed with his form, actually, before he got dropped. Well, look, I mean, I'm just not sold on him. I'm just not sold on Hompsch this year at all, really. Uh, well, I know you weren't, you weren't last year, and I was sort of fighting you on that one, but you've won me over. I, I think his form this year is, hasn't been great. No. And I think, I think he's, our system's a bit like Jackson has really pushed pushed him out. I don't think he fits our system too well, and and uh, yeah, I think I think I would have preferred a bit of courage and and not selected him and just gone with Line and uh, and just uh, and oh. pick someone else. I think it's good Let to have Trango the option. In. I think it's good to have the option because this with Le- with Lena in that'll give us four tallish backmen, which we'll probably need this week because Freo are trying to get a couple of tall forwards working out of the ones they've got. Um, so you can justify having both of them in this week. But for me, Homsch, it's not so much that I don't think he's adequate, but that I just don't think he's important. Um, we need him this week because we need someone of his height and he's got enough experience that he's not going to be you know, completely lost uh, at the level and he knows how the team works and all that sort of thing. So that's great. But if we lost him, I wouldn't really give it a second thought. Um, <laughs> really? It, he's, mm. just, he's just okay. He's just okay. Um, and that's, you know he'd be good enough to play every week at um, shit clubs. There's no doubt he'd be playing every week at Carlton. He'd be playing every week at probably at St Kilda. Um, probably a whole bunch of others in the bottom eight. He would be playing at every week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this off season, I guess. 
it will be interesting. So some people think he might be off, and some people say no, nah, he's embedded here. So we'll soon see. I guess the, the coaches might make a call and say no, nah, well he's off because we don't want him. So uh, yeah, I don't think that that they would ever say that we don't want him because if he's happy to sit on the bench, sorry, uh, sit in the SANFL and come in when we need someone, then that's great for us where we are right now. Having a defender that knows our system over multiple years that has that is in his age bracket, because um, he's still he's still relatively young for a footballer. No, I think he's twenty four, isn't he? Yeah, 24, about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's not he's not a player type that is going to you know expire in the next year or so. He's not. Uh, he's going to potentially be around for years. So if he's willing to take his chances and try and earn a spot, you know, a permanent spot in the top uh, team back, then that's ideal for Port. I think the only reason he would probably go is if we is either if we need something for a trade or if he decides he wants better opportunities yeah um but we would need to that would need, that would be like we are trading for an excellent player and that would be enough to get Homsch away from us but otherwise we just wouldn't be making the the choice to do that so where's our hole at the moment in our side where's our weakness um mostly player wise mostly it's in backups um, I reckon. I, I reckon mostly it's just the fact we don't have anyone to back up Ryder, and that uh, if we lost, you know, if Pollock and Motlock both had hamstring injuries, I think we would suddenly struggle um, to have clean use of the ball going forward. That, that that's the big one. Those are the big two for me. I think most mm. other areas were pretty covered. Um, although obviously our halfbacks are getting a bit thin now with um, Hartlett and Broadbent still in nowhere land. Um, well, I think Broadbent's gone now, surely. Probably, but who knows? Um, yeah, so I think that I think you could make a case for us drafting a couple of halfbacks this year. But then again, jeez, um, I, I can't believe you said that. Well, no, I'm going to say, but then again, uh, they would need to be tall halfbacks because we've already got a few smallish defender types in Joel Patmore and Joel Garner for two. I know there's probably a couple others I can't recall um, who we drafted last year. So it would need to be like if we were going to say we need to draft like 188 centimeter, 190 centimeter. Um, halfback flanker, I could see a case for that this year. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I think that's an area where we where we're weakish. But everywhere else, I'm I'm pretty happy with us, to be honest. Mm, I think so. We're uh, yeah, we're chugging along nicely. You can't complain at all. It's. Uh, do you think our game plan's more defensive this year than last year? Uh, no. 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 Well, let me put it this way. The game plan might be more defensive, but I feel like we're not dedicating quite as many people in defence as we have in previous years. So why is our scoring decreased this year to last year? Or is that just an AFL-wide phenomenon? I think it's fairly AFL-wide. A lot of it's probably to do with uh, our, our, our midfield. And that's not a bad thing in our midfield, but our midfield is a bit grunt. And when you've got a grunt midfield, maybe it means your forward entry is not all that clean. Um, and maybe that can just take away from your ability to absolutely keep horrendously high scores. I think our supporter base is a little bit, um, and I'm happy to be torn to shreds on this one, but a little bit unrealistic because I don't feel like this season the blowouts have been there as regular as past seasons. Everyone seems to be holding a structure... Uh, defensive structure to limit goals a lot better, but the weaker teams obviously can't sustain it for a full game compared to the better sides. Um, but overall, you know, the scores have been less um, and margin differentials less. So I feel like like our win against St Kilda, which was a six-goal win, you know, probably two years ago would have been a, an eight to ten-goal win. Um, but I think it's just the way the seat, the the game style is at the moment. So. You know, I don't, I, I don't think the 36-point win was as bad as what some supporters thought and were hoping for, like, a 100-point massacre. I think that... I think there's also just a big gap, for my mind, I think there's a big gap between, like, the better sides and the rest of the comp. And I think that's probably contributing to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that. Because, like, you've got a couple of teams that, you know, people are beating pretty regularly. Um, but two of them are pretty defensive teams, St Kilda and Freo. Um, and they're getting beaten quite hard, but you know they're still sort of defensively minded uh, in terms of accountability, and they're trying to work that into Carlton too. Um, but 
uh, I guess also partially, how important is percentage? Is it, is it really that important? The game goes, well, not if you keep winning. Well, no, that's it. The game goes through these phases where some years percentage is super important and everyone seems to be playing for it, and then there's others where it's just get your wins. And I think when there are as many shit teams as there are this year, like they're just a really decrepit bunch, this is definitely a year that could have priority picks for sure. Um, we haven't had one of those for a while. Um, yeah, when it, there's that sort of gap, I think that there's definitely an, um, makes it. A I'm not a believer in pro. I'm not a believer in priority picks, though. Oh no, I think they're I terrible. Think no, it, it's terrible. It it just creates like a you know a self entitlement attitude. Oh, let's suck because we'll get something. You know, what about just grinding it out? You know, I'd, but rather than a priority pick, maybe uh, maybe struggling clubs can have a uh, you know a football department budget temporarily yeah, so they yeah. can hire Absolutely. hire some additional coaches or fitness staff or something to try and improve their list over just going here have a have a few more charity players and uh, you know see how you go uh, yeah i don't like it no um I, I certainly think that when you've got a like the afl's got a custody of um a, 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 of 18 year old players coming into the system and sending them to clubs that quite clearly their football departments are not functioning. Uh, sending the best of them to those sorts of clubs, like we were seeing in Carlton's case, like what they've done to someone like Whitering, who was a clear, you know, pretty solid number one pick in his draft year, um, and how they sort of turned him into, like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And that's not the first shit club that's done that to a really early drafted player. Um, I think that that's kind of a negative. To give more players that sort of destiny, I think is certainly not as worthwhile as having an external review of some sort and maybe indeed some extra funding to um, player development uh, for a couple of years. Correct. That's a much imagine, better idea. Imagine if they had a million-dollar extra budget, you know, Carlton, for two years in football department spend, plus the AFL, you know, invited, I don't know, let's say Lee Matthews, and they covered his cost, and he did a football department review... Uh, independent of the club, uh, provided some suggestions, and then you know the AFL from there was you know gave a, a million dollar bonus support for a two year period uh, to help allocate the the money correctly to try and help development well, through a you know just I'm just brainstorming here, but uh, you know so I think something like that is much better. Honestly, I'd do it a bit differently because if you just give them the money, then all that's going to happen is they're going to poach from another club and it's going to shit everyone off. However, if you instead have the AFL permanently employ some play development and uh, uh, club, I suppose, club football department audit staff, and you say every year the bottom three sides, we're going to send our guys out and make sure you're doing things right and give our best advice and, you know, basically come in as an advisory consultancy unit that goes to the bottom three teams every year. I think that would be far more productive. Um, it wouldn't upset clubs too much because you wouldn't just be suddenly poaching them to a club and then after three years the money's gone like it just becomes whichever of the bottom teams get that AFL assistance from AFL employed staff um, I think that's probably a way to go and I think that's probably a way that the AFL would go because they do like controlling things So, um, Can someone uh, can one of our listeners on the podcast <laughs> or live just send our wise thoughts through to Gil and uh, see if he agrees um, oh, He'd love that yeah. Well, I don't think I've I don't think I've heard anyone hmm. um, in football media or expertise create some sort of suggestion like that. Well, that's how that's how clever we are. Yeah, yeah, we're geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to be fair, then to be fair, I don't think that's a facility that exists in any other league. But also, I don't know any other league that's quite as controlling of the whole game as the AFL is over Australian rules football. So. I think it's certainly. I think that AFL AFL's um, idea of creativity uh, extends about as far as stealing stuff from other leagues, uh, and that's about as it, that's about it. So, mm. it, yeah, this isn't one you can steal I'm, from somewhere else. I just think it's. Um, I just think really, it's. You know, I feel like the AFL is almost the second most fabricated sport behind WWE. In the, on the planet at the moment. That's how yeah. I feel. Well, it's because we are... It is a one-organisation one, one organization sport, really. That's it. 
that's the main reason. That's the main reason why we have a, a rules of the game committee that just seems to change things arbitrary without any of the members seeming to have any sort of real history in game design. You know, that's, that's, that's ridiculous that that's the case, but it's absolutely the case and has been for years and doesn't look like changing. Um, like, there are people out there that make millions of dollars being good at game design, you know, at, at working out how to balance different factors in games. That, that's a career. Uh, but no, we just you know get Kevin Bartlett and a bunch of old footballers to have a crack and say, oh, what if we did this without testing and then just put it into a, the highest level professional league the next year? That's how we do it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but anyway, it is what it is. What can we do? We, it is. It is. It's, it's it's the game that we love, and yeah, so <laughs> I guess we just gotta suck it up and bitch about it. Yeah, now, uh, should we discuss Freo again uh, briefly? We'll talk about their changes and how we match up with them position by position. By position. Are you happy to do that now? Sure. Okay, so again, the extended bench. Uh, they've dropped Andrew Brayshaw, who was their first pick last year in the draft. He's quite a good player, and, but he's out, so that's not super damaging to them, but it does take away another X factor of potentially they might get up. Uh, and the ins are Cam McCarthy, Cameron Sutcliffe, Ryan Nihus, oh, I don't know how you say that, Scott Jones, and Taylor Duman. Well, it's Nihus, Nihus, I, I guess it's Dutch or something, you should know. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't see it, so... Uh, N-Y-H-U-I-S. N-Y-H-U-I-S. Yeah, Nihus, Nihus, something like that, Nihus. Yeah, weird one. Uh, so that's the changes. Obviously, Cam McCarthy's a key forward, which might necessitate a lineup coming in. But someone said, yeah, we are. Craig Jones and Ashley have both said that uh, Trengove is named for the Magpies. Uh, and apparently, Lena is named for them as well. So maybe he's not coming in. But apparently, Amon and Farrell have not been named for the Magpies. So it might be Carl Amon's in. And that, uh, and that Kane Farrell is in for his debut. So, so congratulations, Kane. And if anyone's in, mm, okay. <laughs> oh, please. Please. Help me. I, I just, look, I don't know. I'm not a regular Magpies watcher, but I don't want to see anyone come to the side unless he's had a miraculous turnabout in his form that um, we probably would have heard about. You know, if it happens, it's the sort of thing you, you or Macca would be aware of. Anyone which should be hearing about, so um, I guess we'll see. There's always a possibility. I didn't think that um, Aiden Johnson would shit the bed quite as hard as he did last week, but uh, there you go. He did, didn't he? Oh, he was terrible. That was appalling football. But he was good before that, like before his injury. Yeah, I thought yeah. he could, could see promise, and then he came out and, yeah, he oh, pooed his pants. It was I, like, what's going on here? I, I guess that's the difference between sort of playing early in the season and then coming to join a red-hot um, finals-bound side near the end of the season. Like, there's a bit of a difference, I guess, in terms of our intensity. Um, yeah. Craig said that anyone's been pretty good for the last few weeks, so good. Um, I guess that's positive. But if he's just been pretty good and not excellent, I don't know that necessarily means anything's changed about how he plays, but I guess we'll find out if he's in. Um so the rap contest is interesting. Obviously, Sandilands is out. Sean Darcy versus Paddy Ryder. Now, Sean Darcy is a South Aussie. He was drafted a couple of years ago, and we had a bit of discussion about him on the draft podcast and saying, yeah, we like him. He's got some potential, but we think he's a long way off. Well, he's playing for Freo, so I guess we'll find out. He's played his first game for the year last week. He had 24 hitouts, 13 touches, no marks, no goals, and three tackles. Um, you'd have to say Paddy Ryder should shit it in, but he is a big boy, and Paddy Ryder has been known to struggle against genuinely big ruckmen before. So uh, that'll be interesting just in that regard to see if he can combat the physicality of uh, Sean Darcy, even if he is you know, a pretty raw player. Darcy will shit the bed. hope so. That'll be good for us. Uh, the free midfield is awful. Um, no net five, no sandy and supplying them. Uh, which means Lockie Neal's their number one defender, which, you know, he's got a lot going for him uh, personally as an individual footballer, but he's not any side's number one midfielder. You don't want that. Um, David Mundy's still there. Ed Langdon is around the mark. Uh, Adam Chera has been named in a back pocket officially, but he's a midfielder, and maybe he's been he's been just okay this year. And obviously Andrew Brayshaw is out. Um, it's not 
it, it's I don't know. It might be the worst midfield we've faced this year. Um, mm. I, I think that's actually possible. It is worse than Carlton's and St Kilda's, uh, as it is right now with their with their outs. Um, we should obliterate them. Quite honestly, I have. I have one concern of uh, too much talk about Frio, and it's like death by Frio. So, uh, what do you mean? They're so boring. <laughs> what, are they, what do they actually represent these days? What has Ross Lyon? What's Ross Lyon done to this team? You know, they were an up and coming and fantastic side that everyone oh, loved and wanted to follow, and now no one. I know. I'm just trying to say something about them, but uh, <laughs> they're just they're just horrible. Well, when they when they made that grand final, like they were still had a lot of pretty old players. Like that was that was not a a, te- a young finalist side. That was a pretty senior one, um, and they're just you know very slow rebuild, really. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so that's just it, where they're at as a club. I and just then it's part of the that lines them on. What do you mean? Yeah, I just can't see how they're going to beat us. Like, oh no, I me don't sound. It sounds arrogant, but like the only the only thing they've got is home ground advantage. That's, yeah, that's the only. So unless Port just decides to sleep in and get pissed on Saturday night and and not really care about the game, um, I just I just can't see how we're going to lose. Well, I mean, there is that, but and you could say, oh, free, I'll be out for this one. They might think they can pinch it, but like I think they play West Coast again soon, so they probably would not be thinking that Port is the game they're going to give a shit about. Um, that's not traditionally how these things work. Um, so I, I think that we've, I just don't see what will motivate them to think this week is the week that we make a change. This week is the way the week we make everything different. I just don't see it at all, really. No, I don't think so either. And, and I just don't uh, think they've got the personnel on field for it right now. And what what the hell's going on with Geelong? They can't even beat the Crows. What is going on? <laughs> what is what is going on here? <laughs> Well, don't don't hang hang them out to dry just yet. They're twenty three points down, and there's still a bit of the third quarter left. Um, no, they're screwed. I mean, in a way, Adelaide. an Adelaide win's good for us, isn't it? Because technically, if, we're we're just saying that Port's going to win. So, um, you know, Geelong lose, they're three games behind us, like in the top four chase. You know. I read something today that, you know, champion data had Geelong still the highest percentage chance to finish fourth. Well, yeah. kiss that goodbye if they lose today against Adelaide. And, you know, and Adelaide's still going to be three games. I don't know. They're four games behind us. Yeah. Is that I, right? This, this yeah, is the so one it's... where I feel like we definitely should be hoping the Crows win because I would rather have the Crows near the eight than have Geelong in the eight. So it's really a no-brainer for me. Correct. I mean, I can foresee actually some of those fifth to eight sides maybe choking it up and actually losing this week. You know, I could see North Melbourne maybe knocking off Sydney. Yeah, that'd be good. And, <laughs> you know, and GWS is going to lose to probably Richmond, even if mm. Richmond are away. So, you know, I think it's good for us. So, uh, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, so um, Craig has mentioned on Amon, he's apparently averaging 26 disposal for the last four weeks with five marks and three tackles. So. You're not selling me, Craig. I don't care. <laughs> I've, I've, well, I don't know what you think, Porsche, but I've had enough. But like, every time he comes in, he sort of, you know, maybe has one game, then he's vanilla and uh, and disappears and doesn't influence the play enough. And it seems to be a repeat pattern, pattern of behaviour. And I just, you know, might, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but I just can't see him uh, raising the bar to be a consistent AFL player. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I kind of agree in that I just, I want to, I don't want to see him get more of the ball because for me, that's not the issue. For me, the issue is that he just does some bonehead, like significantly boneheaded things. And that's the sort of thing that you just can't afford to have your defenders do, you know? Like his quality level is not top four side defender like that's he's not at that level he's nowhere near that level uh and and it year that you can look at our other players and say a lot of them are lifted like he hasn't the last time when we see him play he hasn't lifted um he needs to be more thoughtful he needs to be more accurate he needs to be setting up more players than he does and he just doesn't do enough of that stuff just getting possessions won't really matter at all for him that's not what he needs correct. to improve on it's impact on games correct so Unless they're trying to get a couple of games in him to maybe pump up a bit of 
bit of value, so we might get lucky and get a third round pick for him or something come the year's end. Yeah, I, I don't think that there would be anything much forthcoming for Carl Amon at the trade table, except for maybe a token pick. We'll find out, I guess, if he decides he wants to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, now, the Freya forward line uh, is also in a dire state. Michael Walters is their lead goal kicker with 16 goals for the year. Um, and he's got the most goal assists for the club as well. So it's like it seems like if you shut down Michael Walters, then Freo got nothing. Um, they've got two other guys with over a goal a game, and that's Brennan Cox and Cam McCarthy, uh, who are both tall or tallish forwards. Uh, and they've got a, they've got the quadrangle of doom. They've got a low rent version of the quadrangle of doom. Uh, they've got Brennan, what is it? Brennan Cox, Cam McCarthy, Shane Kirsten, and Michael Apness uh, as forwards. So. I think that's probably, for me, I think that's why Lena could come in. But if he doesn't, I think we can probably survive. The, the shortest of them is still 190 centimetres, so hopefully someone can play a bit tall. Um, and I guess we'll find that out. Uh, as for their defenders, Alex Pierce, he started the year when we played them, uh, having his first game after two years. And he's actually played pretty much the whole season, so that's good for him. Um, Nathan Wilson and Luke Ryan, they're all right. And there's just nothing much to worry about. Like They're, they're a young defence. Um, uh, for the most part, but so what? They're not as composed as our defence. They're not as talented as our defence. They're no, they're not near it. And the fact that their midfield is so weak right now means that even if they play well, they'll be overloaded, um, and we should really shit it in, in my view. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Good sorry, stuff. you're starting to, you're starting to. Yeah, I'm starting <laughs> oh, to fall. Sorry. Sorry, okay. I'll, I'll, it's, I'll, it's only it's only Frio. I'll be more lively. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's Frio. Just anything Frio just bores me. Okay. What about, let's talk about. Is Ross Lyon going to be coaching Frio after this year? Well, look, we'll talk briefly about Ross Lyon uh, in the context of the game first. Um, the question being, should we be concerned about him? Now he's got a four and five record against Ken Hinckley as a coach. Uh, and as for Port versus Freya games, the win usually goes with home ground, although I think that we've won one more Subi game um, than they have Adelaide Oval. I don't think they've won an Adelaide Oval game for a very long time. But this is in Perth, but it's at a new stadium, so maybe that resets it. Um, and uh, so I don't think we should be worried about Ross Lyon. I, just don't think, I also just don't think he's got the tools to work with right now. And psychological advantage, uh, obviously us. Port was second briefly last, uh, last week on the ladder. And Freo are nowhere near finals. Ports have got to have the, uh, the psychological advantage, even if it's at a new stadium we haven't played at before. Um, who knows? Maybe we're accurate at that one. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be now, good to get a hit out there and maybe get a win. So. Yeah. And so that's the that's it. That's the last thing we have to say about Fremantle. But if you want to talk about yes. Ross Lyon, let's go. Not really. I'm just wondering with his uh, alleged incident that got tucked under the carpet. Oh, I don't you know. know. And the and well, how they. He did something and Frio paid that girl off that work there and doesn't work there anymore. I did not know that. I don't follow you know that? St- I don't follow the gossip stuff. That was like all around the Sam Powell Pepper time. Mm. You never heard that. into the Sam Powell Pepper stuff. No, well, it came out after SPP got lamb blasted by the AFL and screwed over mm. that Ross Lyon had, you know, some sort of sexual misconduct with an employee whether it was physical or verbal, but originally it came out that the club paid her off like five or ten grand to keep her quiet and she left. But then as the story get went on, it was actually like apparently six figures and Gil McLaughlin said they didn't get off, they didn't get involved because um, they don't, uh, you know, they don't care because she was paid to be quiet. So as long as they... So they had to, so they addressed it by paying it to be quiet. So the AFL's all cool with that. So I just wonder if, That's like, bullshit. at the end, of... yeah, it is. So, and I'm happy for anyone to correct me if I've sort of paraphrased that story incorrectly. But I'm pretty sure that was the the whole plot of the storyline. So he either said something sexually inappropriate, but if she was paid six figures, you'd think he he must have maybe said or done something more than just saying but anyway the or AFL had did witnesses. nothing yeah but the, anyway the end, of the end result was the AFL did nothing and didn't sanction Ross because the club dealt with it internally and it's all good now well yeah 
AFL inconsistency. Who knew? Um, so, so much just, for women's rights being important for the AFL. Yeah, we know that they're extremely inconsistent in these things. Um, just so you know, we've had a little breakthrough in the Crows game in that uh, Rory Sloan kicked a goal, and everyone had everyone in the crowd had their Rory Sloan moment. Uh, with like, oh, Rory, good on you, Rory, and he had a big fist pump and everything, and then Geelong slotted another goal, and Geelong seems to have woken up again, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, if you're not watching, it's probably going to be worth watching last quarter, I reckon, because I reckon something interesting could happen. 24 points. Yeah. Well, we might, we, we might squeak in the uh, the last quarter. I did put a post <laughs> up on Big Footy. Yeah. If, you, if you're at that Big Footy time. What do you mean? Like wanting questions or comments from Big Oh, yeah, footy. no, we are at that Big Footy time. Have we got questions? Uh, I'll let me have a look. So Sergeant Schultz said his favourite memory of Daniel is playing him in a game of pool. He, uh, Sergeant <laughs> Shields broke and subsequently potted every ball in his first term. True story. Okay. Um, Which Daniel? Sim- Daniel Pierce. Oh, sorry. Okay, you didn't say that. Yeah, okay, good. good well, good. I did because I did say ask your questions or post your favourite Daniel Pierce moment here below. And uh, Simba asked, are you guys downloading Fortnite S5 update? If not, why not? I don't play Fortnite. Do I, I don't even know. I don't even know what Fortnite is, so it's sorry, a, Simba. It's a, it's a game, an online game thing that I don't. Yeah, play. I I stopped uh, playing online games after about twenty five. So uh, <laughs> okay, anyway. cool. I got other things to do, like I don't know, talk on podcasts. Yeah. Uh, power, power, power! Asks now that Sloan is off the table, has Polly added fifty k to his asking price? Uh, I, there's certainly not like-for-like like replacement, so I think it's quite irrelevant. <laughs> quite irrelevant, yep. Yeah. Uh, power, power, power also said Daniel Pierce reminds him of the worst years of Port Adelaide. No hard feelings when any player left us after this period. After 2007, Port got weird, sad, incomprehensible, and sad again. Um, yeah, look, I, I kind of have that sentiment, but not for Daniel. It's going to be for Matty Primus. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's really. I was thinking about that the other day. Actually, it's really rough how Matthew Primus's legacy is so torn up. When he, you know, he was a good captain for us. He played some really good football. He was a couple of times All Australian, comfortably the best ruckman in the league. Um, but now we're all because he had a shitty coaching stint. It feels like he's on the outside at the club, and I hate that. Um, mm. he, he was a really good player, really excellent, and he did a lot for the club. Um, yeah, I'm not happy about that. And I, but then I see him coaching at Gold Coast, and then I think, oh yeah, remember that really bad period he was at Port? It's like, oh man, that's terrible. He was one of my favourite players when he was playing. <laughs> respect the mattress. Yeah, respect the mattress. It's hard to. I'm, I've got to get past that cringe myself. Where it's like, oh god, wasn't that a terrible time in Port Adelaide history? But you know, he's, he, still, he he's, still, against... he's still a human. <laughs> He was against the odds, though, like yeah, financial hugely. backing and so. Yeah, yeah I mean, we were like, him. we were like what Carlton is for the last ten years. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's uh, you know, and we would have probably we imagine if the AFL came around Matty's time and said, you know what, we're going to give you this our internal auditors to order the football department and see what support you need, and we're going to give you that support to help you turn it around. I bet you the club would have been like. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon that would be. Yeah. Anyway, one great club. Homsch or Linet? Or Linet or Homsch? Question marks. What? Should we play Homsch or Linet? Was that the question? Well, I guess so. He's got Homsch or Linet? Question mark. And then Linet or Homsch? Question mark. I guess so. So I guess... One or the other, which one would you do? Well, this week, I mean, this week I think we could justify both. But um, as Lionel hasn't played a game yet, um, you know, having him just be a straight-out substitution for Hops is probably a big call that I wouldn't be willing to make, but I don't know as much about him as other people do. So, have we? Did we drop Marshall too early? Should we have kept Marshall in for uh, the, this run of St Kilda and, uh, and Frio? No, nah, I think we kept him in long enough to get a couple of goals, and that was good. But he's got work to do. And if he doesn't play again this year, like we can probably get by. Um, 
he's just got to get his head right. And that's not easy to do for someone of any age uh, in his situation. Um, I think it's quite good that he can be out of the spotlight now. He's come back, he's had that big public moment, and now he can just work on getting his life right. And that's good. Yeah. No pressure. No. Um, now, just a couple of comments on Spreaky Chat. Windy Runner talking about the, the Ross Lyon thing, saying it was settled by WorkSafe WA. Uh, but then they put out a release saying they have had no dealings with Frio. So. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, and Craig Jones has said that it looks like Matty Prime, or this talk that Matty Primus is going to get sacked by Gold Coast at the end of the year. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll enter media or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it'd be an underwear model or something. I'm sure the girl, <laughs> all the girls in the world would be happy with that. I'm, I'm, the AFL likes to keep people in the system. I'm sure he'll do something. Well, yeah, he might get an under-18s team or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, well, Nathan Buckley did, so hmm. if he can, anyone can. Exactly. Uh, all right, any other questions? That's it. All right, cool. Let's get into the final wrap-up then. Um, so... Given the in-depth coverage we've given on Fremantle in this podcast, are you willing to give your winning side and margin for this game? Yeah, Port Adelaide by 43 points. Oh, really? That's not good. Um, yeah. I did I did say earlier that um, Fremantle's average losing margin is 47, so you think we're going to do worse than that? Yeah, 43, okay. but it will be something like 40 to 83. Okay. That would be good. Um, I think that Port will win, and I reckon it'll be. I reckon this will be a big one. I reckon this will be at least seventy points. Hope uh, so. Yeah. Who's your highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide? Uh, I think Charlie Dixon's going to continue his form and kick four goals. Yeah, I don't think they've got a great matchup for him. Um, Correct. Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know that he'll be the highest goal kicker. Let's have a quick squeeze. I reckon. Uh, I'm just going to keep saying Lindsay Thomas until it happens. Lindsay Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. And he'll kick like four. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it might just be one of those ones where everyone kicks one or two. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that should be the tip. Our tip. The tip will be that every player will kick a goal. <laughs> uh, I don't think that will happen either. Oh, it'd be good though. Um, yeah, it would be good. Is there? Well, this is a tough one to answer this question, considering it's a Sunday game. But is there a fringe player that we reckon is in this week that will lock up a spot in the side? Lock up a spot in yeah. the side. So they'll, they'll be in and they'll manage to stay in, even though in previous weeks you might be thinking, "Oh gosh, they're on the edge." Well, that would have been Tringo, but he's out. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, that's hard. I guess the only one, and uh, it's not going to happen, would maybe be Amon. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to lock But it ain't, it ain't going to happen, so I can't answer that question. No, that's fair enough. Uh, I can't either. Uh, are we still on the premiership track, Rick? Yes. Yeah, we are. Shit, and yeah. I'm pretty sure I would have been saying yes the whole time this year, Porsche. <laughs> Yeah, but All it's right, good to ask it and get that affirmation, isn't it? Maybe maybe it's a lie. I think I might have dwindled off at the end there when we had that little rut. But yeah. no, I've actually I've actually got us finishing top two. I think we can drop two more games this year and we'll still finish clear top two. And because uh, mm. I think Collingwood, West Coast and Sydney well, I think Sydney's cooked. I reckon, I reckon they'll be lucky to finish in the eight and if they do it'll be in the bottom rung of the eight. I, I reckon they're not fit. But um, I think we've got the capability. Uh, I think we'll finish top two this year. Look, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty excited if we just finish top four because... Uh, we, ha- we haven't done it? Well, because we haven't done it, but also assuming that West Coast don't finish top two, that means that our first uh, first final would be in Melbourne. And I don't think it hurts us to play that in Melbourne. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy about Port Adelaide playing in Melbourne, to be completely honest, so... Yeah. Um, against Fremantle, oh, sorry, against uh, Richmond or Collingwood, uh, if they were the two that were possibly up there. Um, but yeah, we could finish top two. There's another reason why not. Uh, Collingwood plays, I think, every top four side before the end of the season. So that'll be interesting to see how that turns out for them and turns out for everyone else. It could be that they finish quite high up or that they drop out of the top four. I think that there's probably a reasonable chance of that. 
um, that people aren't expecting right now. Um, <coughs> a couple of comments from Spreaker Chat. Uh, Libby said there's only one underwear model, and that's Bokey. And, yep, yeah, probably fair enough right now. Hey, 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 they haven't, they haven't seen me in one of these. <laughs> You're not a port player. Let's just leave it at that. Um, I'm Ashley... port fan. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ashley has predicted port by 31 points with Dixon kicking five goals. Windy Runner says port by 87 points with Robbie kicking six. Um, those are both pretty reasonable suggestions, although that port by 31, that's still below Fremantle's average losing margin this year. I just think that if we're going to win, we're going to win big. Um, and are there any other games looking forward to this week? Yeah, the Sydney game. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, North Melbourne, Sydney. I, yep. Yeah, I think um, I think that one I've got a strong interest in because Ooh. I want to see if the Kangas can knock them off. Yeah. What are you, you, know, what are you all in at? Uh, watching Crows Geelong on the TV there, and uh, Dangerfield's just slotted one, so they're getting a bit closer. Ooh, um, well, we better hurry up and finish so well, we can last see quarter's, the... I, the last quarter's coming up. I, I don't know if this is last quarter or not. Um, games I was looking forward to. This is one that is on right now, but um, it's probably hurting our live listeners, whatever. Uh, St Kilda versus Carlton. I don't know that I want to watch, but it's just another Lucosius Cup, so it'll be interesting to just see who's going to sink to the lowest of lows. Um, Greater Western Sydney versus Richmond. Uh, for me, that's yeah. one that's just worth checking the scores on. I don't think it'll be great to watch. But I just want to see if Greater Western Sydney have any spine at all. Actually, you know the other one, Hawthorne and Lions? Yeah, it's a good week for football because there's another another one as well. Collingwood versus West Coast. Like, we haven't, you know, that's, yeah. that's probably potentially the match of the round, really. Well, that's um, a great game for us. Yeah. Huge Would you prefer us. a draw than a loss? Uh, I'd be, like I said before, I'd be happy with a Collingwood win in that one because it'll knock West Coast out of the top four, maybe. Um, yeah. I don't really want to travel to Perth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of good... You know, last week I think that Macker and I were talking about how there's not many good games that weekend. Well, this weekend there actually does seem to be a few that are kind of interesting uh, between yeah. teams on close to each other on the ladder. And, you know, calling it West Coast, that, like I said, that could be a game of the week. could be game of the year. You don't know. Um, who knows? Um, yeah. All right, well, that's... Okay, another Spreaker chat comment. Uh, Windy Runner reckons Port will be top two by the end of the weekend. Maybe. What do you reckon? Top, top, top till we stop, stop, stop. <laughs> okay, cool. I, uh, I think we'll be third. Yeah, I reckon that's about right. We've just been going up slowly, slowly, slowly since that week when yeah. we lost and went up the ladder. <laughs> so right, that's there, fine. There is plenty of time. We'll get there. Yeah, but um, we might, you know, you never know. If we do get that win against Fremantle, like I'm predicting, we might get that percentage jump to bump us up a bit faster. Who knows? Well, Collingwood aren't going to... If Collingwood win, they're not going to win by a ridiculous margin, are they? So well, if you're right... Well, I don't believe they will. So, I mean, you've got to give them credit. Um, you know, they... They've turned it around. West, well, West Coast with injuries are yeah. still able to... They're able to limit what teams can do against them. And obviously we've seen it against us. You know, we, we pound them a bit like what Melbourne did to us, but we, we, we got the win. They do. That's what they do to teams. They limit the ability to score and then they get that little burst and win. So even if West Coast lose, I don't think they're going to lose by a big margin. So, um, so yeah, we could, we could leapfrog Collingwood, but anyway, let's go watch the end of this Crows game and, uh, and cheer on and cheer on injuries or something. Reports. We don't want to be that bad. Let's cheer on reports. This is the worst part. Like, it's in the fourth quarter. Geelong are down by three goals. And even though we want the Crows to win, I'm still going to hope that Geelong do. (laughs) 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 All right, Porsche. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening and live. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, um, I hope you have a good weekend and I hope that you see us absolutely annihilate the Freo. And I just want to say thank you to the people that have supported me. I, I, I know of one person, I think it was Joshua. I don't know if you guys did a shout-out. I asked Macca yeah. to. Um, Joshua came in and did his tax uh, with me this year, or well, with New Vision, and on the sole basis that he's a fan of the podcast and he uh, he's not hey. even a big footy user. He just he just listened to the show. He did a Google and found it and listens on Mondays and Thursdays. So oh, uh, thank you. Did you make and, up some extra deductions for him? <laughs> uh, well, I, unfortunately, I didn't do his tax. Someone else did. Uh, but uh, 
but I had a quick chat to him out there and uh, and then to, and then yesterday we had some our first home buyer sign up to our program and uh, and a, her colleague at work um, saw the email from New Vision and they said oh that's uh, that's Rick's company I listened to his podcast it's really cool oh, so yeah, so thank you to all those that listen in and, and for those of you that choose to support New Vision, I really appreciate it. And thank hey, you. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, awesome. As, just think back briefly to the barracking for injury, apparently Gibson and Walker are both on report. So that's a good bonus. That's a good yeah. bonus, whatever happens. Woo-hoo. All right, all right so guys. thanks everyone and Carnford Adelaide, hopefully we will absolutely smash the shit out of Freo. Yes. Carnford. Go, go, go. Bye. Step up on the plate, Dermot. Every kid in the backyard with the big trees lined up with the footy before Mum calls you in for dinner. The shot for goal after the siren to win it. Jared Poulton, your time has come. Drop part. Your time has come. What a win.